Everyone is leaving to order at 10 or 5 a.m. for a community to the local. Yes, on the call of the roll, Commissioner Wong. Uh, Commissioner Nair. Uh, present. Commissioner Nair present. Commissioner Bang is absent. Uh, Commissioner Loftus. Present. Commissioner Loftus present. Uh, Commissioner Miller. Present. Commissioner Miller present. Officer Lasana. Present. Officer Lasana present. Commissioner Amish. Present. Commissioner Amish present. Officer Adding. Present. Officer Adding present. Commissioner Pudding. Present. Commissioner Pudding present. Uh, Commissioner Pimentel. Present. Commissioner Pimentel present. Vice Chair Barker Plummer. Present. Vice Chair Barker Plummer present. Officer Hum is absent. Officer Shaw. President. Officer Shaw present. Commissioner M. Present. Commissioner M. Present. Uh, Commissioner Cohen. Present. Commissioner Cohen. Present. And then Chair Wynn. Present. Chair Wynn. Present. Uh, Chair, you have. Thirteen. Fourteen. No, okay. Thirteen. There's supposed to be thirteen of them. Yes, thirteen. Present with three absent. Two absent. Sorry. Three, we have four. So it looks like um, Commissioner Bing and Commissioner Hump are both absent. Um, staff did they review seventy-two boxes in the Uh, Commissioner Hump Yeah, well, oh, she won't start. Yeah, but she's absent. Yeah, okay. But also, she didn't get started. Um, so do we have any motions on the table to excuse any of the commissioners to the law? Motion to excuse Mr. Wong. Second. 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 Seconded by Commissioner Adair. Is there any discussion on this? Seeing none. Can we just state what I have? What is absence of military service? Yeah. Great. Seeing there's nothing for further discussion, is there any public comment on this motion? Chair, you have no public comment. Great. So, all those in favor of excusing Commissioner Collins say aye. What am I saying? I'm just saying something. No, I, I mean, I, I'm asleep. Yeah. The motion passes. But can you please call item number two? Item number two is communication. The minutes will reflect that the full youth commission participated in this meeting in person. Rule 278 was remote access to public comment. The commission recognizes that public access to city services is essential and invites public participation in the following ways. First, public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Comments or opportunity to speak during public comment period are available in person by forming a line behind Commissioner Miller. Um, <laughs> 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2493-372. 7713, then pound and then pound again, or you can join us online through the WebEx system. When connected, we're going to meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in complete mode only. 
When your item of interest comes up, please dial star three to be added to the speaker line if you've called in, or if you're joining us via WebEx, you may also raise your hand in the app. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. Email them to youthcommission at youthcom.sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the commissioners and will be included as part of the official file. You may also send your written comments via the U.S. Postal Service to our office at City Hall at 1 Dr. Carlton E. Goodwin Place, room 345, San Francisco, California, 94102. Those attending the meeting in person will have the opportunity to speak in public comment first before remote access. That concludes my communications. Thank you. Can you please call item number three? Item number three is approval of the agenda. Okay, so commissioners, please take this time to look over the agenda. As a reminder, there's an expectation that everyone checks the agenda before the meeting. And I will accept any rules to put in my Motion to approve the agenda. Seconded. 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 Your queue to begin your comments will be been unmuted if you have called in or you will hear two beats if you join the meeting via WebEx. Madam Chair, you have no speakers. And thank you, public comment is now closed. Clerk, can you please call item number So item number five is goal reflection and revision activity presented by the licensed staff. So I'll pass it out to staff. <laughs> I'll be standing. Oh, you are? <laughs> Really annoying. All right. Good morning, everyone. Hello, hello. Okay. That was really bad. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thank you. Okay. So um, I wanted to start off with reflections and reviewing our, some of our legislative priorities and our revisions. But before we get into that, I did want to like give a quick recap on how far we've come because I don't think we appreciate the work that we've done as much as we should. Um, it's just the arrows over there. Yeah. Right there, but I don't know. First, I want to go over just some numbers to be proud of. Uh, the first is um, since starting the Youth Commission, the whole Youth Commission has met for 1,423 minutes or nearly 24 hours. So I do want to make sure that I, we recognize that we are spending a lot of time in these meetings and that there's a lot of mental, emotional, and physical like effort given to the meetings. Um, also want to shout out the executive committee for 515 official minutes of meetings, which is almost nine or eight and a half hours. 
Um, there's also the transformative justice, which has over 70 minutes, which is almost two hours of full meetings. There's also the LGBTQ plus task force, which is 104 minutes, 1.7 hours. And then um, HRT has met for 583. <laughs> Proud to be um, the longest meeting committee. <laughs> so besides the full commission. Um, Huh? Okay, okay. A lot of discussion happening in HRT. The Civic Engagement and Education Committee has met for 219 minutes, which is over five hours, which I believe. Okay, so yes. So I do want to recognize that we've been meeting a lot. So at this point, everyone should have been attending a meeting for literally over 24 hours with combined like full commission with combined like committees, task force information, everything like that. Um, I also want to recognize that since joining the Youth Commission, you all have introduced and, and or passed eight resolutions and 10 responses to referred legislation. And it's only been 135 days. So we are barely in like a little more than a third into the year, but y'all are doing great. And y'all are really like representing youth across the city through these legislations. And I know it's gonna be a lot more by the end of the year, because I know that's when DPPs come out, when we start, you know, the board starts getting more active after this new board was sworn in. So definitely keep up the good work. Um, and I just wanna say that, you know, as a staff, appreciate the work that you do. Um, yeah. Yes. Wait, what? Technically, there's nine legislations. This is not updated uh, since this week, but that's not updated since most of yesterday. So there's more. There's more. Yeah. There's more coming down. Um, okay. Next. Oh, yeah. I just want to like say that this year was marked with personal and professional growth, and I want you all to be proud of what you've accomplished this far. You know that you're going to keep doing more great work. And now it's worksheet time. So if you open your folders, you can find the second. I don't have the schedule. To be a little packet that has like legislative priorities, reflecting revisions, all that fun stuff. Her eyes. Also, yeah, so this first page is your commission the goals and priorities. You all also have your individual committee ones um, yeah. in the packet. I do that. Yeah, um, so let me know where to speak. Wait, do you want to drag that seat there? Sure. No, not there. Does everyone have it out? And I'll wait. Yeah, we'll move on. So we're just taking out the first half. Okay. Does everyone have the package? Yes. Okay, cool. So, as you can see, these are our legislative priorities that were submitted after the September retreat. So, everything that has been recommended there and also throughout the past four, four to five months has been reflected on this. So, this is basically what the clerk's office has as any legislation 
any issue that's coming up with the Board of Supervisors or the Mayor's Office um, will be referred based on these topics. Um, but I did want to go into a little bit more depth. So if you turn to the second page, uh, to the back of the first page, uh, I have a list of all of those issues. And I just want to take maybe 10, 15 minutes and just quiet time. Um, just check each of those boxes of if you think we've made lots of progress on that legislative priority, mark the green box. If you think we've made some, you can mark the yellow one. And if you think we haven't made any progress yet with the legislative priorities, you can mark the box. And then whenever you're done, just turn your packet back over so I can see what people are, where people are on things. Oh, that's <laughs> just answer the first question. Two more minutes. I see If anyone's still working, please raise your hand if you're still working on it. Peter. 
All right. So, thank you for doing I definitely want to take your answers from what you put down on this like part, and then go to the back. And then, based on what you put for that, um, just answer the question, like all the, the five rest of the questions, um, you know, on what you feel that you responded to. So the first second question is, which do you, which issue do you feel that you have lost or some progress? Um, which one are the most proud of the youth commission accomplishing? The next is, which of the issues do you feel have made no progress? Are you most eager to work on for the end of your term? Uh, question four is which of the prior which of the issues above do you feel are no longer a priority for you or for the youth commission to address this term? Five is since you're appointed to the white seat, what have been some of your biggest takeaways as a youth commissioner? Positive, negative, and or positive, neutral, and negative. And then six is what advice would you give for youth commissioners in the future based on your work experiences and your feelings? And I have like 10 more minutes for this I hope you watch this. I do five authors, love you. Yeah, that clip I'm gonna send to him. Please do a point Right? Like as our I don't even have the hat. Kylie, I think so. They don't care. 
Yeah. Maybe I'll start doing it. I need more Wikipedia points. <laughs> Sorry. No, Y'all spaces. I think. <laughs> I think that we should micro ourselves out for you to finish reading. We should what? Micro ourselves out. Like the like the, like the office? No, yeah. themselves. <laughs> Joy would mute us like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have power for that. It's just this is difficult because there's 15 of you and I can't tell who's like sharing mics. Me and the recording's like, is that 800 plus I don't know. Y'all should just say your name before you do your comment so then we know. My Commissioner This is Commissioner Colleen and this is my comment. Hey guys, it's me again. It's helpful. Let's all know. Y'all can write bullet points too. You don't need to write full sentences. Somebody might not hear me. When I wasn't. I'm gonna look back at this. I'm gonna look back at this. So I need it to be. Okay. They're, okay. Writing, they're writing essays, Josh. We don't cover. We're gonna, we have ten minutes. I'm gonna it, right? Discussion. <laughs> it was discussion. <laughs> be like um, the clerks were to be all as took a vote. Wait, can they do that? Most of their like a minute sometimes are just like <laughs> um, their actions and discussion. And sometimes public comment, they write more than like two sentences, but that's it. Damn. Y'all are writing essays. Oh no, I foresee me if like the discussion is really long, I would like summarize it. I'm like, if the BLS can do this, I can do this. No, I'm just going to say you can note in the minutes that Hayden uh, voted against um, Commissioner Hung in error. No, no, no. But right now. I, I, I might be like, the army's going to come after me, the National Guard. Hayden did not abide by the federal orders. <laughs> when inevitably I have a little fit of red bagels. <laughs> you and me. So far. 
Can we take a vote? I, I'll motion to support that. Motion to. Uh, like, this is a recording, so okay. if you actually motion, you do have to vote on that. my worksheet. Your mom's, like, school teacher is like. Your, your mom's a school teacher. No. Wait, my mom's also more sure. Oh, 
Really representing like younger oh Democrats, creating a thick fat human being. And I was educated. No, I'm doing like. Well, you know, we're 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 I'm assuming that means everyone's done. All right, so just to come back into the discussion, um, I'm going to discuss the, the, the table, but I don't want to start with the second question, and we're just going to go around and everyone will speak. Uh, but for the second question, which of the issues? You feel that have had lots of or some progress. Are you the most proud of the mission accomplished? And sure. Um, I feel like we have a lot of progress in terms of transit and like community. So I'm really proud of everyone who did that. Those resolutions didn't work. Um, I'm also really proud of our pretext file that Raven and I worked on, especially after the police commission uh, passed to. Limits my traffic stop so that felt like a lot of success. Um, we've had some progress. Well, right now I'm working on um, substance abuse, so that's some progress. Um, that's pretty much it. So, um, I'm just uh, really proud of like a lot of the work that we've done um, towards like uh, better, like more sustainable transportation and like. Um, I don't know, just like some of the stuff that's passed already, like the bus stop or like slow streets resolution, and then like responding to some legislation, like in terms of like flipper cards and stuff. And then also we have a lot of stuff in progress that I'm excited about, like um, school trippers, vision zero, and the freeway removal resolution. And then I was also um, really proud, uh, similarly, of um, working on the uh, pretext stops um, and like having the presentation and seeing that come together. And I'm also excited about the work that's also still in progress about the um, sexual assault and harassment um, resolution. Um, well, I'm going to mention on you know accessible transit again because I think that this commission and our committee, especially a lot of those hours that you see, spend hours spent outside the meetings on you know, <laughs> issues related to transit. You know, just for five to nine hours. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to do that. What's wrong with it? It's a good thing. Because we, we really care about that issue. Um, uh, Chair Miller has, you know, really kept us focused on it, which I think is a great thing. We're making progress, um, you know, with the, the school trip, trip resolution, all this other stuff. And then there's stuff in progress, which I'm excited about, you know, making, getting more work done on transit. So I feel like that's, you know, an issue that our committee's done a great job addressing so far. Excited to keep doing so. I think I am proud of our committee in regards to just a lot of the educational and school policies that we focused on, whether that be like the central assault and harassment resolution reports, but also like um, the entire survey that's going to go out and actually take like hard work and all of our committees just work to just kind of get all of that out to gather this data and to finally just kind of do a lot of the things that we said we do. So.
Progress with that and a sideboard and talk about zoning regulations and you know education. Excited about that. Um, so I only wrote about one. Uh, I thought that we made some progress on the incarceration of the justice centers, and um, especially um, when we were having our for your commission, I really felt like she had she sustained a lot of knowledge when she went to go out um, and talk to people. Um, so I was really proud of us for that. Um, tying back to what has already been said, um, we've done a lot of work as far as transit to like shout to HRT and folks who've been hands on as far as equitable access to that looks like, and then also uh, restorative justice, and especially. Um, Yasna already said that the P-Tech resolution was something that I'm really proud of um, and really kind of seeing that go through full circle has been really um, inspiring and awesome just to see how not just that, but just like all of our work is like you see it kind of just trickle throughout the government. And so that's just really awesome to see. And then also, as I mentioned, but um, our work on the sexual harassment resolution that's, that's in the progress and also just the Sharp Town Hall that was already done and the commissioners that were part of that. But just kind of seeing all the different sectors of the new commission has been um, really awesome to see. Um, yeah, I remember I wrote a total of changes on this living for you that was on my community. has done a lot of work on that. Um, and like just the whole question as well. And I also wrote you consideration, just like both of the TK and especially with the commission's meetings where they were going to um the juvenile justice center just talking to people um like what special officer I put um regulation registration and education policy is really um and doing the back committee I think the surveys are gonna mention but I think that's gonna be really good I said that a lot. Of, I feel like we had a lot of progress in transit, and I think I'm really proud of HRTC and the whole commission for working in transit a lot because I think there were times where we didn't get those spots that we wanted, and we still were able to work on it. And the investigations and so I was really proud of that. And then I was also really proud of the Scotland text because when it first came to full commission, there was been a lot of discussion on it and like how we can help fix and revise it. And I think it came a long way from those of us Um I'm proud of other commissioners' work on all the transit resolutions. And also I feel like it's clear that TJ's putting a lot of um, effort into deeply understanding the issues. Um, so I think that's exciting. And I'm also proud of the CEEC survey and are excited to see what we get out of that and hopefully we have resolutions coming up back. Yeah, I mean I'll name again um, the work that Adrian has been doing, especially headed by Patrick Bella and his 
I'm being in here. Um, no, uh, I also <laughs> um, and, and uh, also thinking about um, the work that CDC has done during the survey um, and the work that we're currently doing on the Central South Central Resolution. I know that some of us were a little disappointed that it won't be on the next meeting agenda, but I also think it's better to get it ready than to rush this. Um, there's a lot that's going into it, and I'm hopeful that Trump will respond soon um, to give us feedback as well. Um, yeah, but I'm proud of the work that's being done on that as well, and then TJ, of course, is doing a lot of work. I understand these issues. Yeah, um, I think, well, I'm proud of a lot of things, but like, first of all, like, with HRT, I'm really proud of all of the work um, Chair Miller has been doing in that committee and like everyone else as well. Like, I think we've made a lot of progress in more accessible transportation, um, whether that's like through our resolutions or the legislation that we've been responding to. Um, and I'm also proud that we're exploring new issues. Like, I don't think the Youth Commission has ever done anything with the freeway stuff um, going on in San Francisco, so I'm really excited for what's going on with that. Um, and also, like, what we're going to do for our budget policy, budget policy and budget and policy priorities. Yeah, yeah, it's a mouthful. Um, but I'm really excited for our budget advocacy within our committee. I think our first committee meeting went very well. Um, and I'm also really proud of the Transformative Justice Committee, um, especially like the work that Chair Colleen has been doing with all of the pretext advocacy um, and all of her meetings with people, especially with Chief Miller. Um, I think getting restarted kind of issue like the Juvenile Justice Center um, is a really difficult class. So I'm really proud of Ms. Bernstein and Colleen for taking the lead on that. Um, and I'm also really proud of uh, CEEC as well um, for all of their work on the sexual assault resolution. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for what's coming. In general, I think I'm really proud of like the Youth Commission for all of the events we've been attending, like the Great Parkway um, and the Sharp Town. I'm just really excited for all of the committees in general and what we're going to do with budget. Can I name also exactly the first one that we went to? It's, I think we were having this conversation basically like we were saying, like it's weird because Exec doesn't do like resolutions and issue based advocacy, but it's still a lot of time that we're spending doing the basic functions of the commission. Um, I know Emily is always on call, basically. Um, and we're sexting, so that, that, that work is being done by Chairwind and everyone on exam. We're also sort of setting up a system right now that can be used in the future as well, um, but like legislation with the So it's kind of also about putting in that work and reestablishing some of that with new staff um, and setting us up for success going forward. And that's a lot of, a lot of work being done. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think. Um, we're doing a lot to like rebuild the new commissions for what it was and um, having those staff last year. So, <laughs> thank you everyone for sharing. Um, I also want to emphasize like, I've heard individually and in like side conversations that it's like, yeah, like, you know, kind of the watering down of like the accomplishments of what we've done. And I just want to say like, everything that, that y'all have passed has been successful. Like when we passed the in-person meetings resolutions, like here we are, we're in person and it was, you know, the mayor's office responded and now we are here. Um, when it came to, you know, supporting a permanent social program, they passed it and they think it was unanimously 
including Lake Street, which was a controversial like opinion for a lot of people, especially the rich banks. Um, transit stop accessibility. They shortened it from eight year eight years, right? Eight years until I believe eighteen months, and that they were going to start this year. So they probably have already started, you know, stopping, you know, painting the, the bus lines red so that no cars can park there. Um, stopping pretext stops was passed this week. They, you know, against like a, a mayoral majority, the, the, the majority prevailed in the past four to three. So the pretext stops are now no longer allowed in San Francisco. Um, and I know there's like other resolutions that are in the works that are also being supported and legislation referred that has been successful that we've responded to as youth commission. So I do want to say like our elected officials are listening. Our appointed officials are also listening because like, you know, to be very quotey, but like you are the future of the city. So like your issues and the people that you listen to and that you advocate for are, you know, they know that. So thank you for that. Um, I know we're running a little short time for this question, but I would say in 30 seconds to a minute response, uh, we'll go reverse for the third question. So which of the issues have you made? you feel have made no progress? Are you most eager to work on before the end of your year? Most well said. Okay. Um, I bet I feel like we can make a lot more progress on engagement and educational issues. Like, um, I know like vote sixteen is coming up, so I think we can do a lot more work playing planning back with it and like how we're going to use our budget to fund like all of our advocacy. Um, and I also think there was like a mental health resolution that people were working on earlier in the term. So I'd like to see that like on the table for the first reading. Um, also like school safety issues in general. Um, I know commissioners Parker Palmer were working on that, but also like um, in regards to school safety, like making progress on the sexual assault resolution. So um, not like there's like no progress within that area, but I think, um, we have a long way to go and we have a lot of goals. So I'm excited for that. Um, and I also think we, we haven't made much progress on issues like labor rights. Um, language access and immigration policies. Um, yeah, this really helps. Also, substance abuse. But I know you're, but yeah. Yeah, I would say the three that I sort of wrote down were um, violence prevention work. I know we did some advocacy on that in the last term. I'm wondering what other efforts we could support here in ASAP and across the state. Um, to improve upon that, um, substance abuse, I know that there's some work being done regarding expanding the RPI. Um, I'd also like to look into other solutions regarding, you know, the open air drug dealing that we're seeing um, and seeing, you know, real solutions to that. I think that's how you got San Francisco that are kind of demanding at this point. Um, and then school related policies is in the works, um, but more, more effort on that. It's just like complicated. Because also no one really wants to talk to us about it. It's like <laughs> that, that we're kind of criticizing them, so they don't really want to, to tell us. Um, but that's being worked on as well. Um, but there's also like I was saying this to someone else the other day. School safety, there's like so many different aspects to it now. I feel like every day I learn a new issue, then I'm like, oh, that could also be included in whatever hearing we end up having. Um, whether it's sexual assault, whether it's infrastructure for. Um, there's a lot of work to be done there as well. Um, I want to address definitely school safety issues. I know we're 
working on meeting with people to um, host a hearing on school safety, and I hope that something can come out of that. We can have some sort of resolution um, encouraging SFUSD and the city to take action on that issue. I also want to focus on civic engagement, and I think that we are making progress with the survey, and I just hope that we can get more um, action items out of that and get a better understanding of what the state of youth civic engagement is in San Francisco and how we can make sure that everyone, all youth are prepared to vote and feel like they understand and can be involved in government. Um, yeah, kind of similar to what other people have already stated. I feel like we haven't done a lot of work on the migration school education and things like that, which I'm hoping to see more in this upcoming term that's happening. And then I hope to like, I don't know, dig a little deeper on housing because that's just what my personal goal for coming to the Youth Commission. And so I hope to find more time um, I said a few things. <coughs> so, um, Christian and Parks and Green Spaces, because I have a job with them. Um, the past couple months, and I think they're both people. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, integration policies, and rights, and then the working area specifically. Um, like, like, um, something I'm um, going to work on, uh, as I already kind of mentioned with immigration policies, uh, especially as the work group was started last year. Um, and there's like the gap there just needs to be consolidated and kind of conformed. So I really want to work on that. And then also, um, take housing and just like restore rehabilitation in terms of like mental health, housing, and like job job searches and things of that nature. So, um, some issues that I felt have made no progress um, are also similar to what everybody else said um, regarding both 16 language access migration policies. Um, as for the issue that I'm most eager to work on um, is the LGBTQ plus um, youth today in homelessness, affordable housing, etc. Because I feel like that's been an issue that's been really prominent in our city for like years and years. Um, and uh, Alistair and I kind of are researching a little bit on that right now. So I'm most eager to work on that. Um, most eager to work on it. Immigration policies, uh, education in schools, and uh, labor rights. I feel like we haven't made no progress in some aspects, but those are the top three. I guess for me, the most eager thing I'm excited to work on is more like labor rights. I think we haven't really talked about like immigration policy in the industry. We talked about it a little bit during the work this year. Um, and also just expanding more in like state policy for city. Actually mental health rehabilitation. Um some of the things that I wrote down that 
I'm no student to work on. I feel that more progress needs to be made. We just see a lot of like school related things and youth civic things like COVID 16 um, and just like gun violence policies and also just school safety in general, like with a lot of recent news happening and everything like that. And then also just like the mental health services that are prominent in school or like the lack thereof. So, well, I would definitely say housing, homelessness, affordable housing, how all these issues affect you, transitional issue. And really, you know, this is something I really wanted to work on when joining the commission. And I mean, we, um, we've done limited work there, but I'm excited, you know, in the new year to, to focus on those issues. You now that with the, with the budget, with the BPPs, but we also does some great research on this issue. Um, we're working towards getting some goals, questions, recommendations so that we can sort of move forward on this issue, make some progress. But I really do think housing may be the single most important issue this city faces right now. And, you know, it's our responsibility as a mission and as a smaller committee to really uh, issue make things happen. I think, uh, I wouldn't say that we've made no progress on these, but I think um, things that we could do more in is like um, civic engagement. And I think the survey will definitely help with that. And then I'm also interested in housing, which a lot of people have mentioned. And the third thing, excuse me, I don't know if this was on like our priorities, but I think it was as a committee is like more like uh, public spaces and like youth spaces. So like, I don't know, like I'm interested in like improving parks or like expanding the hours of like the teen center and the library and also just like basic things that'll benefit, you know, youth and families, but just like everybody, like more public restrooms throughout the city and stuff. Um, so that's all stuff that I'm interested in working on. Echoing what everyone else has said, um, we haven't done much on immigration, language access, um, substance abuse, and then uh, Tay and family affordable housing. So I'm excited to get into that more. All right, thank you for that. Um, we're just going to do one more question, and because I know we want to move on to committee priorities, but um, last one is just the fifth question, which is. Since we're reporting to the YC, what have been some of your biggest takeaways from your experiences as a youth commissioner? Um, and yeah, um, some of the biggest takeaways, it's all been very positive. Um, I'm really grateful for all the opportunities I've been given on like meeting new people, um, uh, going to events, working on resolutions and hearing from different departments. Yeah, I think some takeaways is just that um, there's a ton of like opportunity if you go and like take advantage of it. Um, and like, there's lots of like ways to like be involved that like, I don't know, maybe I didn't like realize before I was on the um, commission. I think some other things that I've like realized is like, I don't know, even being on here, it's like very frustrating because a lot of people like don't want to give us like a straight answer. Like, it's kind of funny to think about, like, I don't know, we sent MTM like 10 questions and they sent us like not, not a response to the questions like, oh, like three sentences that just like meant basically nothing. And I'm like, you have a government affairs team, you have a public outreach and engagement team, you have a marketing team, you have a communications team. How can you like in three weeks, you can write three sentences. I'm, I, I don't understand it. So like, there's been a lot of like frustration and I kind of realized like, you know, I knew the government's like bureaucratic, but I'm like, wow, you know, like, ooh. <laughs> we gotta be better at this, you know? Well, you know, this has been a great experience in terms of takeaways, I've done some really meaningful work. And I know that there are so many people in this group right now who are really smart and care about these issues. 
it's been great working with them and seeing uh, seeing them work, being inspired by it. And then, yeah, um, I'll also say um, this is sort of what I expected and something I have to work on more is that, you know, balancing this with school and every other activity because, you know, we all have busy schedules, I have a busy schedule, but trying to, you know, keep that balance, make sure that we're focused on this work, all, um, you know, along with everything else going on, but, you know, continuing to strike that balance and work towards that. Kind of piggyback off of that, I think one of the biggest takeaways is just like this experience is like what you make of it, and I think trying to balance it with a lot of other things was a bit more difficult than I had bargained for, and I think trying to work through that is something that I'm still kind of learning to do and take away from the experience. So I don't think it's neither like positive, neutral, nor negative, but I think it's just like a really good learning experience to be in a kind of setting. A very unique setting, I think, with like youth that are interested that want to do um, good for a common common community, um, while trying to balance all of the other aspects that was your life for you doing. That's one of my biggest takeaways. More about how they said she's getting to other than just getting those connections. And I guess it's been pretty positive during these two years. So my biggest takeaways from my standpoint being everyone is pretty passionate about, you know, the season commission and you know inspires me to, you know, work harder and uh see how balance it out with the school a little better. Um, as for me, um, my experience has been really fulfilling, very enriching. Um, I think that being surrounded by so many people who are also very passionate about things um, also pushes me to be more passionate. Um, as for, um, well, I've also just learned a lot, like being surrounded by people who know, are very knowledgeable about certain topics and then um, just sort of learning along the way. As for a negative, um, I agree with Hayden how I've always heard that government can be really slow, but uh, I understand <laughs> how slow it can be. Um, as for time balance, um, I've had to take a step back in certain other things that I've been doing. Um, for example, like senior advisory council, because I can't do both of those things at the same time. Um, and they both happen up all on Monday, so I've had to sort of um, balance my priorities. And there was a point where I was just like, I, I hate Mondays because it was so stressful and I I didn't know what to do. I didn't like being like irresponsible and sad if I didn't get to go. Um, so I think having to learn time balance is very crucial. Um, for me, this has been an incredible experience, like I've been said before, and this is my second time around, but I feel like my first just because last year was interesting to say the biggest. I'm putting a little mile, but but nevertheless, that was a great experience too. And so now being back a person and really understanding this is youth commission and all its and all its facets and things that nature have been incredible. I think my main takeaways um, on different levels, as far as like in the executive committee as LAO, just trying to um, really understand the intricacies of you know the rules, but also just where the youth commission kind of plays our role and how we um, influence different um, issues that we are really passionate about and just trying to um, learn uh, off of other people's roles and try to 
have that influence me in my own um, past as far as being in the though, so that's been a big one. And also, something that's been really positive, but unfortunately, our society has been taking negatively, uh, especially in the political sphere. It's just like hearing people's different perspectives, even if it's contrary to your own belief, especially like with the pretense resolution, um, just kind of hearing a little pushback, but it was good because it strengthened the resolution as a whole. And so hearing people's varying perspectives, even though at first it's like, man, you don't agree. It's like, you know, it can be hard, but it, it betters everything in the end and it makes you a better person in your own thinking and hearing others' perspectives. And, and overall, it helps include all your voices because we all have different uh, opinions, come from different backgrounds. And so that's been a really, really good experience. Um, yeah, like other people have said, like I think like all my takeaways, you know, my takeaways like from this term have been like pretty positive, and I've definitely like been able to learn a lot, like especially this term because of the last few times I was here, it was online, and like it was like really the same compared to now where everything is like in person and we and like we have the capacity to do more things now. Um, so yeah, I've just been able to. Like, Learn a lot, so, like, especially like my role being working on, so like being the chair of the big work task force. I've been able to learn so, like leadership and just hearing voices. Um, and then I guess like my time management, like my last two terms, were definitely easier for me to manage my time because I was in middle school. I didn't really have a lot of commitments, but now it's been pretty to balance my time just because I'm doing like sure I'm like in my person cars but like I'm doing way more than I did in the previous years and because I'm also doing more of the commission it's just like really yeah I like avoided student government most of my academic career because I almost felt like organizations much act like they listen to kids but student government doesn't really do anything but and dances 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 and and people actually listen is like a new thing that I've been very excited about. Um, and also the, a lot of the time management got shoved on me really, really quickly. Like I had days where I ended a GYTC staff meeting at 4.56 and then got on the Zoom three minutes later. Um, and I feel like I wouldn't have had that like pressure of being like I have to represent a young youth I can't like slap them with something that I do. Yeah. Um, some of my biggest takeaways, I'll start with positives and I'll go to negatives really quickly because I feel like that we're running out of time quickly. Um, I think the positives were that I get to hear a lot of different things with a lot of different people here and they all have pretty like somewhat different views than me and they know different things. So it's nice to hear from other people on like issues that they're passionate about just because I get to also learn about them and like inherently also become passionate about them. Uh, and then another positive is that like being on the youth commission, I wasn't following a lot of legislation beforehand, but then being here and like having legislation referred and like hearing resolution papers, like I was able to also learn a little bit more about what's going on in SF, like in the Board of Supervisors and like legislation that was coming in there. Uh, and then some negatives or neutrals maybe was definitely like knowing that you're not always gonna get a response that you want. 
and like accepting that, but also moving forward from that. And then something everyone else has also echoed a little bit, like finding time management, because I plan out a lot of my classes and I don't think I planned out how Yes. <laughs> um, I think some of my positive takeaways have just been experiencing how cool it is to be surrounded by people who are also really interested in just, you know, engaging youth and getting involved in government, um, even though everyone has different ideas that they're passionate about. It's also been really cool to see people, I think, like Raven mentioned this earlier, like people disagreeing with each other. I think um, I really like how people aren't afraid to disagree or point out something in a resolution, and I think that opens up space for a bigger conversation and makes everything that we do stronger. And I, I feel like everyone's done a really good job of being open. Um, I guess some like negative takeaways, like a lot of people mentioned, are all the hoops you have to go through, even just realizing like if I want to speak to someone, you know, hear about SFUSD or someone, you know, staff in City Hall, you have to wait for a response and schedule a time. And it just like everything takes a lot longer than you think. Um, and so I think that's a lot and I think that's teaching me to like plan ahead and try to set clearer goals. Um, and then another takeaway has just been the importance of reaching out to people, especially like people aren't on your committee and getting to know other commissioners so that you can work on other ideas. And I think that's getting easier with in-person meetings because you can actually have those in-person conversations. But like Hayden mentioned um, expanding library team set hours. And I was like, that's a really cool idea. I'd like to reach out about that idea. And so I think I'm learning how to do that more. Um, the first thing I wrote down was that it's taller. Um, I love the Youth Commission, and one of the reasons I love it is that it challenged me in ways that other experiences haven't. Like, most similarly, like with student government, I did that in middle school, and I I ran to student government in this way to not win. I was the only person who prepared a speech ahead of time, but they thought that that was too much. <laughs> um, basically. No, but, um, but it, 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 it's not, it wasn't challenging. And, you know, some of the things that you were school that are fun and they're good activities, but you just don't get the level of commitment that people come in here do, and so they're not the same level of That's really special. Um, and really good training for all of us. Um, as I just used myself going into public service, it's um, for my idea, I mean, I don't know. But, like, in some way. Um, another thing I've taken away is that, you know, I think of government as being this well-organized thing that, like, keeps society together, and then you, like, have to be on, you're like, oh. <laughs> it's really kind of disorganized and chaotic, and, like it's held together by people who really care and really put in the work, but it's not the institution that's doing that, it's the people of the institution. Um, and there are so many people who work in this massive institution. <laughs> um, there are people who are spoken to about like, I never thought that would be like a whole conversation someone Like some of the things that SMMPA, I mean, I feel, I asked you this recently, like, how many people work in Central Arms? And you said, you said like what? Well, I think the whole org is maybe like 3,500 to like 4,000. And then within, so like of that, probably like 
2,500 is like operators, maybe like another like 500, like parking enforcement, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know how many that leaves, what, like, I don't know, like 500, 700 in offices. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a lot. But it's a lot. And you were saying that they have a marketing team, and a communications team, and I don't even know what the difference between two of those is. Um, <laughs> but, um, but there's so many people involved. So many like little parents in that little parent that I think it's going to be awesome. Um, so there's a lot of people doing really good work and that I think really get underappreciated too. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying that like I really need to use the bathroom, so I'm probably talking about that. Um, but basically, I think, I think I've learned a lot. Like I've grown so much as a person ever since I did the division. Like, um, prior to coming into the commission, I was like, I don't know, I, I wasn't as collaborative as I am now. I wasn't as much of a team player, but like, joining this commission has taught me a lot about like what it means to ask for help sometimes and what it means to like play to other people's strengths and also like just what it means to show up. Um, so I think I've become a lot more collaborative and a lot more of a team player. And um, I've also just like learned a lot about myself and my own working style and like what I care about being on this mission. And um, I learned that like opportunities like these are like truly what you make out of them. Because before I came into the youth, like I literally did nothing involving government or public service. Um, so I think like being able to try out like new opportunities that were like incredibly unfamiliar to me and just like meeting people who cared um, really like shapes who I am as a person. So just like being able to adapt and being able to like learn how to collaborate with people and also like be open to new opportunities has made me grow a lot of as a person and also like shapes my aspirations for the future. So like overall, I just like really appreciate the commission because it's made me grow in like so many different ways and has also like shapes my goals for the future. Yeah, learn a lot. It was like impossible to write all of them down. So I just like didn't write anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, also, if you all pass them down, I'm gonna be collecting them. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Name. Put your names on there. Yeah. Put your names on there. We'll do our best. Don't worry. Same. I don't know how some teachers like are like I don't know they can write on their doors, but then like they write notes on like your paper or something. Even like a paper. No, they're like. This is not even a word. I said you. I have a break. Right now. But they, I feel like we need some call to be on recess. Oh, yeah. Well, we need Emily. 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 Emily.
And as the lead student organizer, yeah, I put together our summer fellowship programs that we'll be talking a little bit about today. And through our summer summer fellowship programs, we always try to do uh, community organizing, political ed, some like skills and training building. We also have worked on multiple campaigns to uh, hold politicians accountable, especially around student debt cancellation and making college more accessible to all people. Um, and yeah, we also work on uh, issue campaigns, campaign based issues. So. For instance, if we know like USF uh, is raising tuition year after year, then how can we combat that? How can we understand the needs of the students? Um, and yeah, I'll pass it to my co-organizer, Natalia. Awesome. Hi, everyone. I'm Natalia. I use she they pronouns. I'm the criminal justice and student organizer at SFR. And I've only been with SFR for like a little over a year, y'all. They actually onboarded me. I went to an action we held outside of City Hall um, protesting Nancy Pelosi, demanding her to push Biden to cancel student debt. So that's how I was here. Um, my work is really just being balanced is where I had met in regards to our youth organizing. <laughs> um, joining them here at these presentations, helping to help facilitate a lot of different workshops we have, primarily helping our student organizers at USF's campus because I went to USF, I just graduated, I was a politics major, and I've been doing community organizing since my time at USF. I did a lot of on-campus activism, that school hates me. <laughs> that I could pause there, and I've also just been an advocate in the community as well, working at orgs like Westside Community Services to support um, Black and Brown residents who are struggling with mental health. And so, yeah, my work is the youth organizing as well as um, the criminal justice realm is doing restorative justice work with some partner organizations and holding the district attorney's office accountable. Thank you, Nat. And yeah, we have some photos of just like our staff and students, uh, some SFR members, and yeah, like I don't want Natalia to like undermine herself. Like they've been on panels with Cornell West. They do amazing work. Um, and yeah, and I recently just graduated from San Francisco State with my master's in ethnic studies. Thank you. Cool. So have any of y'all heard of any of these people? Raise your hand if you're familiar with some of these organizations. Okay, that's what's up. Um, okay, so since I feel like I have some experts in the room, who knows what Casa Husta does? Just cause. Okay, maybe that's the word y'all don't know. <laughs> uh, cool, so Casa Husta, just cause, uh, they work on tenant rights. So uh, a lot of stuff around um, anti-gentrification, finding housing, they do a lot of support, uh, both in Oakland and in San Francisco. Um, and then like, they're most likely willing to like connect you to somebody who knows like, who can, yeah, represent you if like your landlord is like being exploitative or X, Y, and Z and being fixed in your house, then they have a lot of great resources and workshops. Uh, who knows who CPA is? Yeah, so they do a lot of organizing, especially around labor rights for the, uh, um, Chinese community. Yeah, so they're located in Chinatown and they actually also run a youth program called Mojo and they ran a beautiful campaign around mental health, I think in 2019, um, that they won uh, just more resources and more therapists in the uh, school unified district. Who knows who Poved is? I don't really know like the main mission of their work, but I've looked into a lot of their work with like housing on Balboa Park. Yeah, yeah. So I think they did um, Monster in the Mission, a campaign also around uh, gentrification and the mission. They also have a farm called Hummingbird Farm where uh, they connect a lot of people just in, like, how do you be a steward of the land? How do we reconnect to like ancestral practices and traditions? Um, and then they also do a lot of environmental justice work. Anyone familiar with La Colectiva or MOA? 
So La Colectiva and Mujeres Unidas de Activas, uh, they're actually domestic worker rights groups. And so they do a lot of work, um, not just with women, but with um, a lot of Spanish, predominantly Spanish-speaking folks in our community. So uh, domestic work means people who do anything around, uh, you know, like cleaning hotels or working fast food jobs, uh, especially in the pandemic, as we know, essential workers were so important. And oftentimes they could be disregarded or be working in unsafe conditions. So uh, they also do a lot of um, workshops around like learning English or learning how to like fill paperwork or um, yeah, how to be uh, multilingual in society. Anyone familiar with SOMCAN? Yes. Um, from what I know, I know SOMCAN works a lot with like um, residents of the SOMA community just to um, like like when it comes to like housing and like, tenants rights and also like with the building community. Yeah, I yeah, know. You said it better than I could have. Thank you. Uh, folks familiar with the Filipino Community Center? Cool. So, similar to SAMCAN, yeah, they work with uh, predominantly Filipino people, especially folks that speak Tagalog. Um, and yeah, similarly around like labor rights, housing rights, uh, making sure that people have childcare, et cetera. And then finally, Coleman Advocates. Which many of y'all should know. Yeah, who can tell me who can tell me who, who, what Coleman Advocates does? Um, they do general youth advocacy, especially with um, youth of color, and they work with youth commission a lot, including funding many of our initiatives. Um, and we're a big backer of the voting team campaign. Yes, Coleman Advocates, amazing organizing, organizing, especially uh, with justice impacted youth. Cool. Thank you. Um, cool. And then, yeah, you can uh, maybe skip through some of these bullet points. Oh, cool. Thank you. So, yeah, so we're a collective of eight grassroots organizations. So all the people that you saw are in our coalition. Uh, so when SFR was created, we really wanted to work on these issues, which was like youth organizing, restorative justice, mental health, great college, uh, immigrant rights, worker rights, affordable housing and tenant rights, all things that feel very true to us. And so in 2010 is when SFR, um, First was created and we were created through a May Day Alliance and through District 11. And so we really just saw how our communities were often uh, forgotten about or they're most impacted by these policies, but they weren't actually asked how they were going to be impacted by this. So it was really to create a political vehicle so that we could uh, just build everyday people power. Uh, I believe that people who are in communities know exactly what their communities need versus somebody who's not in those communities, right? And so, yeah, we really want to carve out leadership, especially youth leadership, leader, leadership of people of color, and to really just run our own campaigns and fight for the needs of our community. Yeah, and so then since then, y'all might be uh, familiar. So uh, there's San Francisco Rising and then San Francisco Rising Action Fund is our sister organization that does um, more work on like political campaigns for uh, certain individuals versus these are just kind of campaigns on issues. And so for instance, how many of y'all are familiar with Free Muni? in San Francisco. That's what's up, right? We worked on that issue because we feel like free, accessible uh, transportation should be available to all of our young people. Uh, how many of you are familiar with Free City College? Yeah, uh, City College, so important. Um, I was also a community college kid, and so to have a resource that is free and available, especially for folks who um, just migrate to San Francisco and are looking to like yeah, like the EMTs, nurses, et cetera, they can all do that uh, for the S for free. Uh, next bullet point, please. Um, and yeah, these are also other campaigns, and then these are other supervisor races that we have similarly worked on. 
Oh yeah, and then we also worked on the DAs raised for Chesapeake. Cool, so I'm gonna get into some of the building blocks. That's a little bit of who SFR is. And I think something that SFR uh, really prides itself, something that I love to do, which is that, like at the heart of my organizing is facilitating and doing political ed. So I really kind of just wanna move into some building blocks, but I really encourage y'all to like interrupt me. If you're like, I've never heard that word before. I don't know what that means. Uh, a community agreement we have at SFR is called popping the bubble. So yeah, raise your hand, be like, pop the bubble. I don't know what this or this or this means, just because I want this to land with you all to like build your leadership. Can somebody read this for me, please? Uh, you can read the next one. <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, organizing is the process of building organizations of people with similar interests who use their collective power to put immediate improvements in people's lives and later the relations of power. Yes, thank you. So I got this definition from Seoul, uh, which is the School of Unity and Liberation in Oakland. It's the place that I got predominantly trained for youth organizing. Um, but yeah, organizing is really at the heart of just like collective power. We don't believe that like one individual should have all the power that our communities hold a lot of that power and through organizing. We're not like super neat or anything. We're organizing people. We're organizing for power. We're organizing for issues. Um, and so this is really at the heart of what organizing is. Cool. Thank you. So organizing, like I said, it's about power. It's about people and it's really about change. Uh, so a lot of the organizing that we do is because we see that change is uh, one of the only ways that we can see the, the results and the world that we want to live in. I'm sure many of you have like dreams of what you want to see in your communities. Maybe that's uh, more libraries, community gardens. Um, and we feel like the only way that is possible is through people power. Thank you. So, yeah, so power and organizing means organized narrative. So, organized narrative is how many of y'all are into writing? That's what's up. I love to write myself. Uh, so, organized narrative is like an organized strategy of like how you put an issue out there. So, writing for me is like the biggest storyteller. So, if you are focusing on an organized narrative, uh, say, for instance, you're advocating for housing rights then you wanna share the stories of people who might be struggling with housing, right? And so those stories is an organized narrative so people can understand what it's like to be struggling or to be unhoused. Um, and so that's a narrative that we need to, to move our issue along. Then we have organized people. And so um, have y'all ever been to like a protest, a rally? Yes, cool. So y'all know what it's like to be in the masses, right? Coming out of 2020 with the George Floyd uprisings, we saw that we needed to organize people to have some hard conversations, right? But without many people in the streets, in the masses, right, then our issues would continue to be unheard. And so through organized people, we really saw how uh, for the first time, people were like coming out and were really angry and we needed to hold space and hear those stories. Finally, organized money. So what we mean by organized money is that our movements need to be funded, y'all. Y'all probably know that. I hear Coleman Advocacy funding y'all's initiatives. Similarly, our organizing uh, is under capitalism needs money. Uh, so unfortunately, I think there's been like a lot of narrative around like money is scary or it's hard to talk about, but organized money is not because we feel like we're a charity, but because we feel like we're an investment. We're an investment in our communities, we're an investment in the work that we do, and we're an investment uh, in our campaign issues. Thank you. So goals of organizing, organizing. Um, will you read this first one for me? 
reform sustains the current system. Thank you. So what that really means is that um, a lot of people maybe have had a lot of dialogue about what it means to reform a system. And a lot of the times it's just putting band-aids sometimes. Um, and so sometimes instead of um, making real sustainable change, then that means sometimes dismantling and rebuilding versus being on the inside and sometimes just putting band-aids over and over and over again when we feel we need real different solutions. Would somebody be willing to read the second one for me? Non-reformist <clears throat> sorry, uh, non-reformist reforms pursues reform within current system with the goal of radically changing it in the long run. Yeah, so I think um, how many of you have ever heard this word before? Yeah, non-reformist non-reformist reforms. Yes, uh, I think I saw two hands. Y'all have heard this word before? I thought you were saying reform. Oh, oh, sorry. No, the second word, non-reformist reform. You've heard of this word. Can you maybe share like what you've heard of before? Oh, uh, it's like a political theory. Can you say uh, more? Uh, that's might be the end of what I. <laughs> okay. It's um, I mean, it's kind of what it says. It's like a, it's um, sort of a longer term radical view of changing things. So like, even if it in the moment is sort of regular reform. I say that in air quotes. Um, it will, the end goal of it is to be radically different than it was originally. Right. Yeah. Could you think of an example of that one? Like that. <laughs> one or no, any. If it depends on the yeah. Well, I think that there's a lot of, you know, um, work being done in police reform, for yeah, example, exactly. that um, is trying to change it sort of. In a segmented or like, mm -hmm. in a, I don't know what's the word, like a paste yeah. fashion. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the ultimate goal is quite a different system. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, I'll get to you in a moment. I just want to, this is what you said around is paste. I think that's what exactly it is. There's like a radically different um, ask at the very end of it, but there's a way to get there that right. might need some non-reforced reforms to get there. So it's a little bit of a sequence. Um, I think I saw your hand back here first. Yeah, I a similar quote is like, you're working within, within the system to change the system. Yes. Thank you. Uh, sorry, I oh, I'm Emily. Emily. Um, I was just going to say, like, to add on to what you were saying, we were learning a little bit about the Juvenile Justice Center, and a lot of that kind of reminded me of, like, your guys' definition of this term, because it's like, right now, they don't have the current capacity to, like, perform change to the entire system, but they're making, like, small changes and working within what they have, so within, like, the state requirements. Um, so that reminds me of that, because I think, like, San Francisco, or we like to call ourselves a progressive city and like a lot of people like don't believe in police, but like even right. right now, like people are working to change that system, but they have to work what they have because like we can't perform radical change right away. So we were talking a lot about that in our last four week PhD meeting. Yeah. Alex, can I offer an example? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like a good concrete example to like pull us out of the weeds and like the theory of it all is defund the police, for example. Yeah. So like the current demand is to decrease the police budgets, but the long-term vision is hopefully to completely disband and even abolish the police. So, so yeah, that's, that's an amazing example because, um, yeah, even if defund the police might feel radical or might feel, make some people feel uncomfortable, it's just a stepping stone towards a world where there's no policing so that there's more community safety. I was going to say, like, I've heard it very lightly in terms of, in relation to, like, civil disobedience and, like, mm -hmm. the example, example of working within a system to change it, like, Although it's just like 
peaceful and abiding with the law, the meat and the root of it is a completely different system. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to hear y'all grappling with these ideas and talking about them. Uh, will somebody read this third one for me, please? Uh, Y'all are really quick with your hands. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have to check. Um, but I haven't heard you. I'm an Astrid. Astrid, go um, ahead. Thank you. Autonomous builds new systems within the old. Yeah, so autonomous, which is, um, you know, exactly as it sounds, which is like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a way to have autonomy in a system where it feels like you're maybe rejecting the old system, but also taking autonomy, taking, uh, having purpose or having intention or having agency. Agency is the word I'm thinking about. Uh, will somebody read this last one with me? Or me? Uh, you in the back. Uh, revolutionary rejects reform to build revolution. Yes, revolution. I think it's a word after 20, the 2020 uprisings. I feel like I heard about a lot. Like, we need to have a revolution. The revolution is the mangas. The revolution will be televised. Um, and I think it, it takes a lot to see this idea of revolution. Uh, I come from ethnic studies background, so uh, we study a lot about movement work, particularly um, beyond the, the U.S. And so uh, I think when we think about revolutionary, I think it's really good to look at outside movements. So can anyone maybe think of an outside movement where it was like a revolution that's not in the U.S.? Successful or unsuccessful? Both. The French Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. Yeah. Which one? Successful. Uh, because they successfully like weren't enslaved. So um yeah, yeah. These are all great examples. Now I don't know if you want I was, okay, like, I was gonna say patient reference. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. the one that I always think about too. Cool. Um yeah, any questions about these before I move on, y'all? Cool. Cool. Aspects of organizing. Who wants to read relational organizing for me? The process in which organizations, groups, or individuals invest in personal and trusting relationships to affect community change. FFR and the Youth Commission, relational organizing. You know, the, the reasons why I'm here today is because we have relations with Alondra, with Joy, with Josh, because of what we're building together. So much of our organizing is about the relationships we have. Um, and I honestly believe that without having like mutual interest, without having um, done any relational work, without having to know what people are interested in, what their passions, what are the skills they're going to bring, um, then the organizing becomes a lot more difficult because we're not not only not seeing eye to eye, but we're not meeting heart to heart either. Uh, anyone want to read canvassing for me? Uh, all the way in the back. Direct contact as a form of outreach, which individuals with individuals to bring um, awareness around the campaign or community issue. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, have any of you ever canvassed before? Yeah, what is canvassing like? Maybe I can hear. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you raise your hand? Um, I, I'm canvassed. I'm canvassed. What was that reaction? What was it like? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Oh, um, I, I, I don't know. I would, I'm sorry, the last place I canvassed was uh, like Merced Manor, 
And I don't know, I feel like it's a more like conservative area. So I was like knocking on, well, I wasn't knocking on doors, just like walking up to the door and like putting the door hanger there. I was like kind of worried, like somebody's gonna like open up their door, like when they see me coming or like on their security camera, and they're gonna be like, oh, you know, they think I'm like burglarizing their house or something. I don't know. That's what I was thinking, honestly. It's scary, yeah. You have like your clipboard and everything, and they're still like, who are you? Why are you here? Uh, do you want to share anything about what came It was from? like so so. Some people were very kind and would listen, and others would be like, I'm busy, or like, I don't want to talk to you right now, leave me alone. Right. Um, yeah. It really depends on like, it's also like weird because we have like a whole list of like their name, their email, their phone number, like all of their information. And then they're like, How did you get my information? How do you know where I live? And then I'm like, I have this on the clipboard. And they're like, What? Um, so much record. They both. Yeah. Yeah, but there's always those questions. Do you want to share? I've done a lot of chemistry in the sunset, which has yep. houses. Stairs. 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 Like, it's great talking to voters, but it's also like your house is so cool. It's like mm -hmm. trick or treat, but you don't get candy. You just <laughs> 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 Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Matt was just on that canvassing team. Do you want to share what that was like? Yeah, you just said the sunset, and I was sadly. Canvassing for a supervisor Gordon Mark who lost Jordan Gardio and they were supporting him. So yeah, it was I I resonate with that. It's a very what you're all capturing, I think, is that canvassing is a very risky endeavor. It's something where you have to put yourself out there, you have to be vulnerable, you have to sort of do something that makes you uncomfortable. And that's something we talk about in organizing, which is the stretch zone, kind of you know, challenging yourself to do things that you normally wouldn't for the sake of building that community power, for the sake of relationship that Alex is mentioning. So I think that's really what lies at the heart of canvassing. Yeah, we do a lot of canvassing. And it can be really like emotionally exhausting. Uh, you know, that feeling of like wanting to unzip the suit. Um, but I think what's beautiful about canvassing is that um, there's something that canvassing can bring that nothing else can bring, which is like that relationship building, which is hearing from people's firsthand stories, their experiences, how they're impacted, et cetera. Uh, and lastly, political education could be this week. Yeah. Uh, formal or informal teaching and learning process of social justice movements and theory to understand the political landscape at the local, state, and national level. Yeah, thank you so much. I love political ed. Uh, Nat and I over the summer, yeah, we led our, the political ed sessions together, and uh, it feels like another one of those like really important pillars of organizing to really understand uh, the historical landscape. But I think what is beautiful about understanding the historical landscape is not only can it maybe predict the future landscape, but it also let, lets you learn from those lessons so that you could reimagine something better. Uh, so yeah, always encourage folks to do political ed. I don't know if you want to say anything about it too. Yeah, thank you. Cool, so some more aspects of organizing, which is uh, base building. Uh, will somebody read this one? Sure, you and then maybe you can read the second one for me. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, uh, base building is the process of forming a group of people you move to take action to achieve your common self-interest. Yes. So base building is another one of those really important building blocks because uh, say you're going to have an event tomorrow, how many people could you call that would come out for that? It's hard to say. Maybe that's five, maybe that's one, maybe that's ten. Maybe y'all know a lot of people, like 15, 20, 30. Uh, and base building is a huge part of that process. 
So when you base build, it means one, that you've had relationships with them, that you know that you have mutual interests in changing the world together, um, and that they would come out if you were throwing, throwing down on an event or if you were doing something. And so base building is important because that's how we create something called a mass movement. Uh, would you read the second one for me? Yeah, propositioning. Having a planned and intentional conversation that invites a person into well-defined activity or role based on some aspect of that person's self-interest or stated passions, dreams, hopes, or struggles. Yeah, so propositioning is one of those aspects of organizing where you kind of make a hard ask. So if you've ever been in like um, a classroom setting or a community organization where they're like, hey, will you take on like this advanced leadership? Will you start leading the meetings? Will you start outreaching, canvassing, holding your own team? Uh, you make a proposition because you know that person wants to be a better public speaker, that person wants to be an educator, that person wants to be a better trainer or a better supervisor. And so when you know that, then you're making a proposition or a hard ask of someone because you believe in them and you believe in the leadership that they can handle. Cool, tactics versus strategy. Um, how many of y'all know what a strategy is? Okay. Uh, anyone want to share what a strategy is? I know I have a definition, but I, I would like to hear to maybe some people's way. I get a specific, detailed plan catered to what you're trying to do. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, like, something that you plan specifically. Like, if you want to tackle something, you know what you have to do to get there. You have a strategy for it. Yeah. You know exactly how you're going to enter that battle, that fight that campaign, uh, and how does tactic play a part in your strategy? You have to be, I don't know, you have to come into it in a right way. Yeah, so a tactic, so if you have the strategy that you're trying to work on this campaign, then you might have tactics which are canvassing, relationship building, phone banking, going to community events or meetings, right? Those are like some of the smaller steps to ultimately get your bigger strategy of like how you want to win something. Um, I was like, is this the same thing? But it's not. It's something different. Yeah. I, I was like, wait, is this us? Uh, so yeah, so these are just some strategies and tactics that SFR has. And so, for instance, strategy that we want to uplift with you all is like, our strategy is uh, to make education free and accessible. That's our vision for ourselves. Uh, and so like, our strategy would like, uh, build students to be organizers, put pressure on the system, um, and so that we can ultimately win this fight, maybe locally, but eventually at the statewide level. Some of our tactics have been phobating students, canvassing in communities that are most impacted that uh, usually don't go to college or who have the most student debt. Uh, we also work with a lot of professor unions, uh, like the AFT, which is the City College Union. Uh, we also do political education, so the summer fellowships that I'm telling you all about. That's a good place to do political ed, training skills, et cetera. And we also do classroom presentations throughout San Francisco. That's another tactic to bring awareness to our issue. Awesome. I hope you all were taking some notes and some mental pictures of what Alex was just saying, because now we want to turn it to you and actually have you apply some of the building blocks of organizing that we've just laid out and design your very own social justice campaign. And so you'll follow the instructions here. We're going to break y'all into, I think, like, to work, probably group up with someone that you haven't spoken to a lot today, or we can count y'all off. That's better. Fourteen. So. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> so three to four. Three to four. Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. 
I don't know. Oh, no, that was the original because we anticipate more people, but with 14, it could be like two to three people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Should we just count? That's Perfect. Cool. So yeah, we'll leave the instructions up and then we'll you'll have 10 minutes to work together and then we'll come back. You and I'm still in your chair. I'm still in your chair. Don't worry about it. Okay. I knew this very 
Thank you. Hold on. I'm turning off my timer. Awesome. So we're going to report back now. If you'd like, you can have one person from your group speak on behalf of everyone, or everyone can chime in. But yeah, it'd probably be good to have one person start. And then you go first. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's do y'all. Yeah, we'll Chloe. Okay. Okay. So this yeah, is going to be what's what's our campaign name? Vote sixteen. Okay. Vote sixteen. Tell me what y'all came up with. Um, well, the youth commission has been working on vote sixteen for years, and obviously the goal of the campaign is to lower the voting age in city elections to sixteen, so that you can participate in voting on the issues that affect their everyday lives. Mm -hmm. Um. And am I supposed to talk about the strategy? And yeah. Topics? Well, Alondra asked us a lot about like how we would appeal to old people who would be like, <laughs> I asked the question. Okay. It's be like, like, how does this affect me? Because, you know, a lot of people, like, especially in a capitalist society, like, they only care about the things that can benefit them, right? So, um, I think that's a lot of why, like, community organizing is really hard because it's, like, so caught up in their own issues. Right. Um, so, it's difficult to get people to, like, take time out of their day to listen to you. Mm. But we came up with some, like, talking points just to help people realize that, like, while lowering the voting age, like, only positively like impacts youth. It, there's actually like benefits that go beyond and like um, benefit the whole of society. So we talked about how like um, by allowing youth the right to vote, um, they'll be able to like ingrain like a lifelong habit of voting and they'll just like begin to care about civic issues in their society at a younger age. So like moving beyond that, like um, people will get into the habit of voting and they'll participate every year, which will benefit everyone because, you know, when a voter turnout is better, like, you get a better sense of, like, what people in the city want. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, in addition to creating a lifelong habit of voting, it's also that, like, youth will be able to, like, create the city and, like, just, like, create the environment that they want to live in, mm -hmm. which is, like, better for, like, not only youth, but, like, for everyone, because yeah. if youth can, like, improve their own outcomes by, like, participating in voting, then they'll just, like, generally be able to, like, live in the city that they want to live in, and it'll just, like, be more positive for everyone. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, like, adults are wasting so much time trying to, like, advocate on behalf of youth and, like, trying to get their input, but, like, if you just, like, give the right to vote, then they would be able to do it themselves, and, like, that just, like, makes everyone's job so much easier. So, like, those were our main two topics. Did y'all's campaign consider maybe like tactics you could use to sort of reach young people, older people who are maybe more reserved to voting and don't really believe in it as like a viable solution to being active? Mm, like people like who don't believe in voting at all? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I believe. I think. Or just struggle to find it as like a viable way to participate. For example, someone who could say like, I don't know, I keep voting, but I'm not seeing the material conditions change in my community, so why should I keep voting? Well, I think, um, like, it's hard to, like, encourage. I think that's, like, a hard one to address. I think I would, like, encourage people, like, especially, I think a lot of, like, attention goes to, like, the, like, national races. Like, everybody, like, mm -hmm. wants to vote for the president, but I would right. tell them, like, hey, you know, well, actually, like, these local initiatives like Vote 16 are actually like a great way that you can have a much more like direct impact on your like local community exactly. and see more like results as opposed to like what's like mainly on the news and stuff like the presidency. Mm -hmm. And I think I'd also say like for this, like, I don't know, maybe one of the strategies would be trying to like engage people who just, you know, like I think a lot of people like in these local like things, they just don't know. So then they just right. like don't vote at all. They don't vote either way. So like getting those people who are like leaving it blank to like 
know about the issues. So then, because I think a lot of people would support it if they understood it. Yeah. Just like more education. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just to add on, I feel like a lot of the people who don't believe in voting are like the people who haven't like really learned about like the positive legislative changes that have mm -hmm. happened like close to them. Like my parents, for example, like know nearly nothing about politics just because like they haven't had the formal education of what like the American political system is like. Mm -hmm. So just like if if I could like talk about something like the success of free muni for all youth or like Prop J in San Francisco and like show them like the closest impacts and like bring them to the places like look like you can just like hop on the bus for free mm -hmm. and like we have access to this beautiful space that they could see that like voters did this and like policies did this rather than like some other thing that is foreign. So yeah, that's one. Alondra also brought up like if you constantly hear something like one narrative, you'll start to believe it mm -hmm. as like what's considered true mm -hmm. and so like a tactic that we could use is like constantly bringing up this idea of like this is a misconception of what vote 16 is and like putting it more out there so people are constantly hearing it and like changing their narratives or like long-held beliefs into something more progressive than what's actually true to the i guess to the advocate right beautiful yeah good job y'all let's take this money wow that. What about this group? What's what's our campaign name? Um, <laughs> the notes. Hashtag housing with the little two parts. Yeah, <laughs> tell me more. Um, so our main focus is uh, producing more affordable housing in San Francisco, um, just because there's a lot of homeless, unhoused people in San Francisco, um, and rent is extremely high. Um, so we said that the cause and group of the people we are advocating for are unhoused people. Um, people who rent um, and can't afford to continue renting because of the high, the increase in rents, and then like marginalized, marginalized people like LGBTQ people um, often are kicked out um, because of their uh, sexuality. Um, we said that the goal of our campaign is to produce more affordable housing by zoning single housing by removing single Okay. And if we make it a like only doing only changing the zoning of a certain lot, it then. It's 50% below Walker. They're not removing the house and giving the option to convert it at a certain percentage. And we said our strategy. So to um, get Gen Z attention, we use social media like Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Um, to get more older people, um, it would be filmmaking and canvassing, mm -hmm. um, political education for young adults and like um, mm -hmm. students. Um, and then do public comment, which often attracts like an older crowd yeah. of people. Great, y'all thought through all the pieces. I'm loving what I'm doing. Let's let's give them a round of applause. Fat people. So we were uh, well, we didn't come up for the formal name, but it would be like that's okay. Advocates for like uh, gun-free, violence-free spaces. Oh. Um, and you know the way to do that is really um, you know obviously. Guns and firearms and weapons are a real challenge in our society, um, and they, you know, they affect, they affect, you know, all our, you know, they affect our society because there's always that threat of violence. And you know, the way to take action would be like, you know, greasy regulations, lobbying progressively, uh, regulations, making it harder to get it done. Um, sort of challenging, you know, state and federal rulings or laws that have sort of pushed back against gun reform. Mm -hmm. oh, nice. Yeah. You know, the people. Uh, who would be advocating would be the people, you know, San Francisco, you know, everyone, including the youth. Mm -hmm. This would, they would, uh, and also, it would, so, 
it would affect people like school shootings. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and our goal would be to urge the passage of legislation that increases gun regulations. Mm -hmm. And our strategy would be lobbying the government, holding government officials accountable, um, building new leadership in government and supporting that, and also building a new base. Um, yeah, and some specific tactics we thought about was funding candidates that promise to promote gun regulation, um, grassroots protests such as like student protests, mass emailing op eds, um, like using social media as a way to advocate for more gun regulations, um, public comment at meetings, and just increasing education on gun regulations and gun safety, and also doing like student surveys and so forth. Within like that education um, to like advocate for gun safety, would you consider sort of like folks try to sway folks who are very like adamant on the Second Amendment? Is why I need my gun, you know? Do you have a plan of action for that too? I think we could present the facts that yep. we could give data on the current state of gun safety in our country and also um, use people who have been affected by that issue as a way of raising more awareness about how directly it impacts people because you know for those who might believe really strongly in the second amendment they may not be as aware of the direct harm that it can go on to exactly yeah great job y'all also be good on side so yeah y'all y'all just gave me some very critically action-driven, like, fierce campaigns to work with. And I want you to hold that because that's a lot of what is embodied in our student organizing. I'm like, trying to zoom out. So, yeah, no worries. Yeah. Wow, everyone get ready. No worries. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> you want us to work for it? Sure. I can do this up here right here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, I want this thingy chair. Yeah, so great job, y'all. Y'all, I knew this was going to happen. Folks are really, y'all you know, are smart, and y'all have these really critical things thought out. And I just want you to hold that passion and like think about ways that that could apply to our student organizing and SF Rising. So I'm going to transition us into talking about you know what we're doing to advocate to cancel student debt. That's one of our main campaigns, which is a part of our larger vision to achieve free college for all. Next slide. But first, I want to actually pose a question to you. You can click on the slide. So y'all, why why is it important to advocate for students? Like, what's so important about this demographic of young people? Yeah. Because they're usually younger usually not as established so they don't have as much money and having an educated population is really important for a country's future um and it's something that's made really hard to the country comes kind of the least yeah also because students oftentimes become, you know like in college that these are the future political leaders so it's really important to 
sort of, you know, sway hearts and minds, mm -hmm. and, you know, make it make education more accessible for everyone so that, you know, those future political leaders, you have a more, you cast a wider net, mm -hmm. you get, you know, more diverse perspectives into those leadership positions down the road. So advocating for, you know, easier economic access to education mm -hmm. is so vital. Mm -hmm. Anyone else want to add something? Yeah. I think because, like, education is one of the most important tools in, like, society ever, but a lot of people don't have the resources to access education, mm -hmm. and, like, by eliminating student debt, like, people can bridge wealth gaps and, like, provide greater opportunities. Exactly. Exactly. Y'all are all naming really critical reasons why we are advocating for students because, again, and you really touched on the point that I wanted to bring up is that we are the people who are inheriting the injustices that older generations have left for us. So through education, through getting ourselves, you know, knowledgeable about what's going on, we're able to really make the change we want to see. And we also hold these varying different identities. We're caretakers, we're workers. Some of us are parents, some of us are formerly incarcerated, undocumented, a part of the LGBTQIA community, disabled and so many other things. And so when you have those multiple sort of intersecting identities, you have a keen and a really good understanding of systems of oppression like white supremacy, patriarchy, et cetera. And you can not only know, you know, how harmful they are, but you can envision a world beyond those systems and how to really sort of foster life-affirming institutions for us. Next slide. And so why are we focusing on debt specifically, y'all? This is why. We're in a debt crisis. If we look at these numbers, this is just the Bay Area. I just want to show you how jarring this is. In the Bay Area alone, folks are holding $26.6 billion in debt. Yeah. What was what did you say? Jesus. Okay. Yeah. What are some other reactions to that number? Yeah, it's large. It's bigger big. than a city budget. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. And then you think about the amount of people that's impacting. Seven hundred thirty-five thousand people. I'm one of those people. I know Alex is one of those people. Do you know someone who has student debt, or do you personally have student debt? Right. You want to say some more? Oh, yeah. No, I just know like my parents because they came from backgrounds of uh, low income. And so when they were trying to go to school, they had to take out a lot of private loans. Mm -hmm. So it accumulated over the years and they still have to pay it So yep. it's really affecting my family. Absolutely. That's me, y'all. I that, that's literally like identical to my story. I come from a family. I have three older siblings who all went to college and I literally started college with the mindset of, wow, if me doing this is burdening my family more because we already are $500,000 in debt. I have more than $20,000 in debt right now. And you know, it's, it's hard. It's a mental struggle. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of feelings of shame surrounding that because we're told that you did something wrong by accruing this debt. And that's not fair. And when we zone out and look at the communities most impacted in the Bay Area, places like East Oakland and Bayview Hunters Point, there's black people like me there. There's communities of color living there. And so what that tells us is that communities of color are the ones disproportionately impacted by this issue because there's a racial bias that's ingrained in the student loan industry. Next slide. And so now I want to show you these three pillars of education liberation, which is really a framework that we use to sort of shape our student debt um, cancellation campaign. And the first one is understanding debt as an intersectional issue, which means that it's, it's not just about the economy, it's about racism, it's about class differentiation and disenfranchisement. So we have to not use student debt as a single issue, but a very multiple, multiple, multiple um, issue and very complex issue. 
One of the key things is that we're not asking for federal loan moratorium extension. As you all have probably seen in the news, Biden is continuing to just extend the loan moratorium, but total cancellation. So this means his recent plan to cancel about ten to twenty thousand dollars in debt. We can celebrate it, but it's actually not fulfilling his original campaign promise to eradicate all student debt. So we want to hold him accountable to that and say, let's cancel all of it because we deserve to live in an economically just society. And then last but not least, we're not asking for forgiveness, but debt abolition. This one is really key. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Um, so I know you're talking about Biden's campaign, but yeah. I remember it. I like ten thousand dollars. But um it's currently being held up in the courts. It, it, yes. I was, what's the strategy if if it's not like an executive who you can hold accountable for like the judicial system, which is you know, on purpose separate from the people. Yeah, so you mean like the strategy to the court if the court should say no. Yeah, then I guess we have to sort of go for the, we have to tackle the legitimacy of the court and sort of, yeah, that's a, that's an angle I would technically take. And a, a lot of the language we use is like, sometimes the courts can't save us. And thinking about still, I think, focusing on the harm and, you know, still not, I guess, ignoring that reality of harm that's existing. Yeah, that's a strategy I would say. Um, but yeah, so one of the key frameworks is really not asking for forgiveness because the language of forgiveness we have to be here to stay at least using that language to say, you know, you students, you just don't know how to build variety. Like, you're unskilled, you don't know how to spend well, and that's not fair. So that suggests we're at fault when taking on debt is usually a means of survival. So we like to use the language of abolition because it really frames this issue as a systemic injustice rather than an individual failure. Yeah, next slide. And so now let's actually zone in and look at some of the awesome work we did literally over the past year and a couple months. So this is some of the stuff we did during fall 21 and spring 22. And as Alex has really showed us with the base of building blocks of organizing, so much of organizing is about relationship building. And we did that with students from USF, SF State, and CCSF. First through this really awesome two-day mass action training we had where we literally sat down with students at all those campuses. We were like, here are campus-specific issues that are happening. This is, these are the organizing tools, strategies, tactics, those things you learn, and you can use to combat them. We also said, this is what, how you have a one-on-one -on -one with a community member. This is how you talk to them and build relationships. We said, this is how you identify your self-interest and understand what you're passionate about so that you not only help us and like see your self-interest in advocating for debt abolition, but working towards other social justice issues that you care about. So that was really awesome. In the middle here and at the top, this is us literally in the streets of the Mission Street. And Alex was there. This was our Mayday action. I was not there, but Alex was there. This is our Mayday action. We were literally out on the streets with our coalition partners. Um, Mayday, do folks know what that um, is? Yeah, do you want to say more about what Mayday is? It's the International Day of Labor. Yeah, exactly. So we were there being like students or workers. So we're here to march with you. Alex, if you want to add anything. Yeah, I think um, what made this so awesome was that like it, we were in a, something called a Mayday Coalition. And so we were in partnering with a lot of different other organizations who were fighting uh, particularly around undocumented workers, especially farm workers. It's like literally the reason that we're fed every day. And so I think just to have that solidarity because so many of us either come from a lineage of like migrant parents, um, but also understanding that like as students we're constantly being disenfranchised we're also workers oftentimes we have like on-campus jobs for very low wages uh, and so i think um, for us it was like really important to like show solidarity and then we built like these really amazing pigs uh, to showcase the banks as pigs who were stealing our money um, and we had never done anything like that so you know something i feel really proud of 
and I'm not, I can't remember what this was, but were you also present? Yeah, so this yeah. was, so this, I think you said maybe mass action training. This was yeah. our mass organizing training. Yes, the mass organizing. Yeah, this was our mass action training right before May Day because, um, yeah, I think like people who do mass actions, like there is a level of like safety you need to know. There's a label, level of like work planning, uh, committee building, a level of like, yeah, propositioning people into roles, turning out, uh, so much goes into planning an event. Um, or doing a mass action. And so we brought together community partners um, from AROG and student action to be on a panel and to kind of show us some ropes and um, build community with other students. So yeah, some really awesome events we've done throughout the year. And so this takes us to summer 22 and fall 22. Y'all, we threw down even harder for students. We did so much, like honestly still recovering from that. First thing I'm gonna talk about is our student debt resource fair that we had. We went to USF and SF State for an entire week. And we said, let's sit down, let's set up some tables, let's bring some art, let's have an open mic, and let's talk to students about what resources they can get to understand the debt crisis that's happening. We explained like the Biden relief program, like a lot of students had questions about you, like what happens if the court decides this way? And we would talk through them, like different ideas of that. A lot of folks didn't know that a court, the court even challenged that, so that was a really cool opportunity. My favorite part, I think, was asking students to literally sit down and envision like what college, what life would be like if college was free. And the answers were beautiful. Like I wanted to read one. Someone said like endless education, oasis, no more crime. Like, that's me. I was like, honestly, I feel that. So just, you know, having students use their collective imaginations to think about a more just future. And then as Alice has been mentioning, we had our summarizing fellowship. That was bomb. We knocked on like 1600 doors in the baby hunters point again, like talking to our neighbors about what would you have done if you didn't have to take out debt? Like it was, it was powerful y'all. Like having them think about what opportunities would you have taken? What would life mean if you didn't have debt? So that was really awesome. Um, what else did we do? I forgot something. Yeah, just we changed the manifesto. Yeah, and which we, I was going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll talk more about that. One cool thing that is related to the Vote 16 campaign that y'all just came up with is that we were actually registering students to vote. We were galvanizing students with our partner organization, Power California, to talk about Prop O. Are folks familiar with Prop O? Sadly, didn't pass. Yeah, that was going to fund City College with a $43 million parcel tax, which is just another land tax. Alex was spearheading that. And it was intense, like we had some critical conversations when I was asking you with students who maybe are more skeptical of voting, don't know how to start, and really pushing for that younger age to get folks registered. And so yeah, next slide. So with the Summer Fellowship, one of the coolest things is you get to create a final project. Um, I don't know if you mentioned that this is paid too, so that should captivate some of y'all, but yeah. We made an awesome student liberation manifesto, and this literally is just an amalgamation of all of our fellows' it's artwork talking about what does debt mean to them? People made zines, people were talking about poetry, talking about so many different things and just bringing art together in this really awesome book. And so you should totally scan this and check it out. It's super cool. We're in there, we're shouted out in there. So yeah, skip folks a moment to picture. Oh, yeah, if anyone wants to scan, you can do it now. <laughs> they also have the presentation. Okay, cool, 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 next. Yeah, so now we're at the end of our presentation. We would love for y'all to get involved with us. I only put our um, social media Instagram page, but we have a Twitter too, it's the same handle. Um, what I'm really excited to talk to you guys about though is the Student Liberation Committee meetings. Those happen on the last Wednesday of every month from 5.30 to 7 p.m. on Zoom. 
And it's it's where we throw down. We build community. It's fun. We, we're going into political ed right now. Alex and I are planning our open house, and we're planning on talking about labor organizing and how that intersects with student um, activism. And then we do action steps. We'll sign petitions together. We'll call our friends up and be like, show up to this mass action we're planning. So it's really cool. Definitely give that a scan if you would like. And yeah, I was trying to add anything. Um, no, nothing that you haven't added. Yeah, I just want to say thank you all for just like being willing to listen. Um, we could share our emails with Alondra and yeah, if folks are looking for paid opportunities over the summer, yeah, I really want to encourage y'all to apply to our summer fellowships. It's about six to eight weeks. Um, and yeah, it's students building power with other students. We usually get students throughout the whole Bay Area. So we get students from Berkeley, Stanford, USF, CCSF, and SFSU. Uh, and we do prioritize people that live in the city since it is a hybrid fellowship. Uh, and so two days in person, two days online, uh, and it will include some sort of canvassing uh, component. Questions? I think maybe I saw your What days is it? Like, when does it start and end? Uh, so both of these start at the end of June. We haven't finalized dates. Uh, so we'll share more on our Instagram once we come out with the application, which is hopefully at the end of February, uh, beginning of March. Um, but yeah, it usually runs from like, the week of like June 26th to like the first maybe week or second week of August. Yeah. Get to hang with us. We're so fun. You promised that. Yeah. But um, last slide, I just think we want to end on this really powerful quote that encompasses everything we're trying to talk to you all about. This is from Frederick Douglass, and it says, Those who profess to favor freedom and yet depreciate agitation are people who want crops without plowing the ground, they want rain without thunder and lightning. They want the ocean without the roar of its many waters. The struggle may be a moral one, or it may be a physical one, or it may be both, but it must be a struggle. Power concedes nothing without demand. Never did, and it never will. That's all to say that organizing is about challenging power and building it to each other. I wore my power to the people shirt. Y'all are my people. And I want to build power with you. So, yeah. Yeah. thank y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Esther Rising, for coming to present to the Youth Commission. Is there any public comment on this item? There's no public comment. Is there any discussion of this item on the agenda? Seeing none, clerk can Or um can I call for a five-minute recess? Yes. Okay. Do I have to take a vote? No. Or a uh, consensus? Okay. All those in favor of taking a five-minute recess, please say aye. Aye. Uh, okay. So please return at 3.05. Okay. Okay. Um, I call this meeting back to order at 3.11 p.m. Clerk, can you please call item number eight? Item number eight is budget and planning priorities. Okay. Yeah. So um, we're just going to take this time to further developed our budget and policy priorities within our committees. Um, but just to do like a brief review, um, do you want folks to sit near the committees? Oh, yes. Yeah. We should read those. <laughs> okay, we're going to do the book review. Yeah. Well, 
um, in your district or you across San Francisco. You know, we love to say nowadays everything's a youth issue. Why is it? Um, the youth commission histories uh, work background and our advocacy. So always acknowledging the historical component of what the youth commission has done over like its uh, tenure. And then what is the recommendation? What is the ask? Is it budget? Is it purely a policy priority? Is it short term? Is it a long term? You know, we've had very long term campaigns, vote 16, free muni for youth, uh, juvenile justice. That's been like a long term. Why? Short term. You know, we can consider free muni for youth a, sh a short term. Um, like a rubber stamp, like, hey, we advocate on it, we got some funding, but bringing for youth is not going to be free forever. Um, then what are some actionable items and what is attainable? Uh, you know, with the presenters uh, that just left from SF Rising, it's like, you know, there's a um, some like things that could happen right now. So like an example with Bring Uni is, hey, we have a budget. It's sustainable right now. You know, there's no deficits. We could fund for me for you, but once there's a deficit, we're not going to fund it. So it's like, what are the ways that we can fund this? So an example for me, for me, um, that I thought about when I think about these questions is vote 16. So what is the socioeconomical and political background of the issue? So um, in 2016. Um, one of the youth commissioners was doing a research on lowering the voting age to 15. Um, you know, there's countries in Europe who, you know, there's the youth who are voting. Um, there's other states like New Hampshire, um, like you know, the other ones that there's cities where they're allowing youth to vote. Maryland, yeah, that's other one. Um, so uh, basically, like, like doing research and he went to his supervisor, which was John Avalos at the time, was like, hey, I've been doing this research, like, I think we should do it here in San Francisco. And his supervisor at the time, who has a background in student advocacy, was like, yeah, let's do it. So um, basically, that's kind of the political background was like purely research, like individual research from a youth commissioner was like, I think we need to do this. Um, the economical and social aspect was um, back then in 2016, there was not like youth like y'all being super out and active um, in the community. So this was a very radical idea. This was a fight. It took them over a year of organizing within for this charter amendment, getting the board of supervisors to agree. Um, data and research. So yes, there was ongoing research at the time. But they were also, you know, trying to target you here specifically in San Francisco, like, hey, would you support this? Why would you support this? Um, I know they hired a consultant to train youth in organizing and to empower them to be like, yes, like we are changing makers. Um, I know when we talked to Adele, who was the um, director at the time, they had to, you know, talk to the city attorney's office of like, is this legal? Will there be any constitutional challenges? brought forth to us. Would you as a city attorney fight for vote 16 at court? You know, what, how much is this going to cost the Department of uh, Election? They also had to get the director to do a uh, cost analysis of how much is this going to cost the department? How much is it going to cost taxpayer dollars? Um, fortunately, it would only cost 1% more 
and within their budget back in 2016, but it was that type of information. Uh, currently, there was no existing like vote 16 services or programs or resources in San Francisco. Um, and then how is this issue related to youth? Well, y'all are very engaged youth in San Francisco. Why not have the opportunity to vote for your uh, district uh, like representative or the board of education? You know, y'all are so smart. And I say that very, very like high up there. Like y'all are some of the smartest people across San Francisco and so passionate. Because if you were not passionate about the work that y'all do, you would not be here today. Y'all would not be in the youth commission. Y'all would be living your lives, doing whatever y'all do nowadays. But y'all would not be here. Y'all would not have like really tough conversations about transit, about housing, um, about just other issues around. So like this is why this is so important because it gives you the autonomy to be at the decision making table. Um, you know, the youth commission in the past has, you know, always advocated on, you know, juvenile justice, uh, transit, but I think, you know, civic engagement was something that they wanted to push more and that is to advocate for vote 16. So the recommendation was a charter amendment, you know, changing the charter, which is crazy to some people, uh, you know, you would allow voters, you know, your moms, your dads, your uncles, whatever, your freaking neighbor who like has millions of cats, have the autonomy to be like, hey, yo, like, Hayden wants to vote. And I think I'm going to vote yes on this charter amendment because I see the work he does, you know, uh, which is crazy. You have thousands of voters across San Francisco. You have to convey this message to them. So, yes, this was a budget ask because that means you're increasing the uh, Department of Elections budget to, you know, now have an additional service to this age group of 16 to 17 year olds. You're asking for a policy change, which is a charter amendment. Um, and this would be a long term. Back then, the message was, if you start voting now, you'll be a long term voter. And historically, we've seen voter engagement across America is up and down. People only vote during the primary, or not primaries, presidential elections. No one votes in off years or primaries. Well, yeah, but midterms, like people just don't vote. So this would engage more voter participation. And this is attainable. We've seen very successful campaigns in New Hampshire and Maryland. We've seen across the Bay Area, which, you know, it is Board of Ed voting only, unfortunately. But, you know, they failed. Alameda County failed people. They were supposed to legally be able to vote in the Board of Ed. The city failed them. They were not allowed, even though it was voted by people like a year ago. So that's my example on like the budget and policy priorities, the questions being asked. Um, yeah, any questions on what I just, it takes a village at the end of the day. That's like the whole thing. I think we can start committee brainstorming and sharing, right? Yeah, sure. Um, well, basically, I know like most committees have how many resources, um, but like our goal is that each individual, like either by themselves or like when someone else would have something that they're tackling, like whether that be like something bigger, like bringing all of you or like 
um, more recreation, um, which would be like a group thing, or it was just like an individual party. We wanted everyone to have something that they could like hold in on by themselves. Um, so like for the next few, like one one to two hours, yeah, mm -hmm. one to two hours, we wanted people to like break up in their committees, and if you haven't yet, like review your legislative priorities from the beginning of the term, and then kind of like divide and like narrow down which ones we want to focus on, and then like from there, we wanted everyone to have something specific that they could like go off and do their own research. Because um, by the by the second committee meeting, um, we want like a fully like fleshed out outline with like research and like the recommendations finished. So that after that, exactly look at it and then give like logistical feedback rather than like research feedback. So um, yeah, the, the next few hours are just going to be like work time, but committees should like have um, all of their priorities set out and like they should have people with priorities so that we can like get moving. And it, it's kind of crunch time because like that's why like staff are here to support. But um, we have some like um, in in this sheet in the agenda, there's some like reflection questions. Just so people can like think about why they're choosing a certain priority. And hopefully that'll help us like narrow down so that people choose the priority that interest them the most. Um, but yeah, you can just like break off and become an easy Yeah, yeah. Um, and committee staff are gonna be in your groups, like helping facilitate the committees. So, yeah, we like to We go Yeah, I think that one, one y'all asked if that's what we're going to address. Um, 
want to talk to the two of them. go down to the level Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like one, you know, like, at least been learning about the past. Yeah, I'm not sure. 
Like, I mean, the trainings for the city is like one of I am not an abusive person, so I I don't need to learn this. But you are an abusive person. Are you going to listen to like a video or a lecture? One of their ways to advise is to see things and to like play I do have to say though that so like this so it's like do not be does it kind of like a little bit more so I can so it's like it feels like in that case I think I'm hoping
awareness of the victims against the other power as far as the
We're talking about the you can all use the but I did if I was on SFU as team leadership, so yes. Yeah, I got the I mean, it's just a matter of I I No, so good. Like, yeah, I Like, different activities, you know, there are big issues. They're like, like, you're really good about that. 
Well, the SFMCA Board of Directors is the ones who are in so charge of the So this is just part of the fair policy. So they could vote to raise the fair, like they could vote to raise anything. Every year. So, like, I don't know. We can put it in here. It's fine. We're going to put it in here. I think we can where <laughs> you want to make me figure that out? And you can tell me. I'm going to be I would have to buy my house. I
And then uh, as like I Locals are making engagement with the school. Lowering the voting campaigns about that. Getting you to be like, hey, it's just more like putting the training together. That is part of the Wait, Hayden, by the way, um, do you want me to follow up with the 
I'm just enjoying like looking up and like I'm not a to look up. I see the little trolley poles and then it all looks like the chair. That's what I do at work. I just like keep time. Like, I'm like, this cool. I'm like oh, great. That's the pandemic plus. I mean, like, uh, and you go home in, you know, 20 minutes, you know? I don't know. They, they have wires the whole way. I just think I'm going to totally try it. But now it's. Why is it all yeah, well, it's like different training, but like, it's just, it's not necessarily that they want to get a training here, it's just they only move around, like it's, it's based in a different function, I guess. So, I don't think I'll actually learn something super. But yeah, so we just play like one of the houses. So, so like, probably in like a year from now, they'll switch to like, they what they might do is they might just, instead of having people there, they might just graduate and all the classes. So then they'll just break it again. Yeah. Now the like they wanted to is they extend it to Caltrain. Like but I'm like, you just open your brand new stuff. Why do you need like this? Yeah, so you know how it's where it ends right there? Yeah, exactly. It's like you can get on the brand new stuff where they're going. You know, so, yeah, so instead of, you know, adding two buses, I'm going to add two buses and then the bus will come every 15 minutes. You know, it would be smart. It's like a like maybe one spread, so like two pages. No, like two pages, and there's going to be like. So maybe you have like a page of text. That's like a I'm already saying what information is in there. It doesn't mean it's like a big July. 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 It's like a
how it has like impacts on like transportation and then I talk about like how it impacts like and then I talk about like successful other examples of like such a and then I talk about like Someone like one of them's like tired and one of them's like Don't write an essay. It's not an essay. <laughs> But you can just reference the resolution. Like by the time we we'll yeah. yeah. But um, I don't I will put it up. You know what? Like, this is generally what you should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was listening. When I was talking to you were like, I'm saying, I can feel like that one. I would like to think, what did they talk about? They talked about the pretext, and then the was like, Legislation, budget, and policy okay. reports, and then um, what year? Yeah, what year is it? Seventeen eighteen. Seventeen eighteen. No, no, it's nineteen twenty. What's it? No, oh, it's sixteen twenty sixteen. Oh, here it goes. So, um, I think this one is under. This is for sixteen seventeen. Okay, cool. I feel like we should explain to them why this was. The year Yeah. 
I mean, you can advise the mayor what is Marco about on Facebook. What are you going to say? I think that would be tough. Imagine if you can be in the chamber and like, 
I mean, they're making OT. They, they, they're sitting there, like, watching YouTube, whatever, on their phones, you know, making OT on a weekend. They, they love us. Hi, Sheriff. We love you. I mean, yeah, you can say until we're done but their water is so much for so nice. So like, it's like over here, the clearest it's ever been. We're done. We're done. We're done. Chair one, up to you. Uh, chair one. What? What's the one? Okay. Okay. Um, okay, I guess we can come back together as a group. Um, but should be good. Yes, you and it's good. I'm wondering, I've never had another rice cake. Maybe it's like a bad rice cake. The batch in particular is a little bit like I think they cooked it a little too hard. I'm still planning on about it. No, 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 yeah, who asked me? Yeah. Okay, so anyways, we thought it would be a good idea for activating oh. I thought you guys wanted to go home. <laughs> I don't know, I'm saying it. Oh. 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 The book is dismissed. You're swimming about. Yes, you live the bell. You know the bell? Walter has a good They have the bell. They have to walk up the spiral staircase. We have is every clock is set on its own, so every room has a slightly different time. Oh, that sounds right. Okay, anyways, we thought it was a good idea for everyone to go around and say, like, what um, their individual priorities are or, like, what they would be working on within their committees um, and also what their actual items are for their next committee meeting. Um, 
because by the next committee meeting, like as we said earlier, everyone's supposed to have in-depth research. So yeah, I can just go first. Like um, I'm gonna tackle the freeway budget priority. Um, and my next steps for that are making it a lot more concise um, and also making it more like a EP. So I need to cut it down by a lot. And um, after that, I need to finish my vision zero resolution and then also work to turn that more into like a budget and policy priority after. And then um, after that, I'll just like help out with whatever else that HRT is working on. Like um, we need to do like a free meeting for all youth priority as well. And we also need to do new research about like parks and recreation. Um, so I'm just going to be like helping out as needed within that. But yeah, I'll pass it off to Commissioner. Okay, so what I'm working on right now is um, uh, budget priority to uh, continue and make permanent the um, free muni for all youth because right now it's kind of like every like budget cycle they have to like reapprove it. So we just want it to like be included in the baseline. So I'm working on that. I have most of like the background information. So now I'm just working to try to get to, like some statistics that will support like the need of the program. Uh, and then um, after that, uh, I'm going to be working on. I have it written somewhere here. Um, I'm just going to be working on um, like just a more broad, um, making transportation more equitable and accessible. So that'll look like you know expanding school trippers, restoration of suspended routes, um, improving access to clipper cards, and potentially free bar for youth within San Francisco, and. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's what that looks like. And then beyond that, um, just supporting um, some of the other priorities, such as expanding youth centered recreational spaces, uh, stuff like that. Yes. Alistair. Um, so, the way I uh, discussed, you know, uh, the issue of housing homes, since we, we spent most of that time drafting up for us, but we brainstormed like what specific area we should focus on. I think that, you know, our efforts are best going to be directed towards like reaching out to the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing to know tackle you know, issues related to youth and transitional age youth experiencing homelessness. So we really drafted out, flushed out, I think seven specific questions about that. And then Chloe, you know, we drafted an email to send to them to, uh, to the department, you know, hopefully ahead of any, any meeting that we have with them. Um, I and Alistair basically said a lot of it, but I'm also going to be on top of that um, working on working with Ian and recreational areas for the youth as well. So that includes um, the library and exploitations, um, as well as skate parks and um, other sort of like even recreational areas where we um, exercise their educational needs and wants. Um, so I'm working on that as well. So. Cool. Yeah, and both said I'm taking the meeting on expanding incentive recreational spaces. Um, so I'm working on like, I don't know, I guess advocating for more youth centered spaces in general. And then also for the youth centered spaces to have like longer times and working hours where like, it's accessible to youth, um, like no matter like, who they are. And then like we're specifically looking at like the JFK resolution and like equitable asset resolution those into our I'm going to be uh, researching school safety and maybe and I'm seeing how we can further like improve safety throughout. Um, I'm going to be focusing on two uh, closing general hall 
and transitional age youth. Um, so looking for like alternatives to like finding a new facility and um, things that can be implemented to um, make the environment um, more healthy and safe um, for the youth inside. And I'm also going to be focusing on safe consumption sites. Um, the thing I'm going to be working and focusing on is uh, baby parents point toxic soil contamination. So just kind of looking at um, the health effects or residents of children in that area and also uh, just kind of researching, uh, you know, especially with like the baby and um, holding them accountable to the city for the contamination and lying about how cleaning it up. So just uh, going into that for that time. Um, I'm going to be focusing on support and so specifically families and youth. Um, and like in that, like access to language and English classes for infants, such as like English learning programs and SFUC, just researching more about like what those look like right now um, and like how they can be better supported. And also like job programs for immigrant or immigrant youth. Um, and yeah, just researching. For my committee, I'll be focusing more on mental services. Schools, but also life skill trainings and um, researching what types of services are there in SFUSD's schools right now. Yeah, um, also life skills and civic uh, education. Um, yeah, we're going to be working on, I'm going to be working on civic education, like, uh, Civic engagement program for free regulation for toolkits, that type of thing, and also school safety with things like Columbine locks and uh, Yeah, so the two I'll be working on first and foremost is first is um, Bill 16, getting the Carter Amendment back on the 2024 November ballot. Um, and the other is school safety, both physical and Columbine locks, um, doors, after shooter drills. Um, looking into the previous MRU the district had with um, SFPD and what the future of that looks like, um, as well as um, the sexual assault and the issue of the same two. Yeah, <laughs> um, Vote 16, what you said. I'm um, getting that back on the ballot, and then for school safety, I'm going to be focusing on, um, I think, more like the sexual harassment and assault portion of that. Um, also, including like obviously the physical safety, the things that they set out, like the computer drills and whatnot, but also really wanting to like title with the students for staff and faculty and student athlete training that can be done before joining teams. Um, just finding more and searching more ways to make schools. Great. Well, um, thank you everyone so much for sharing. Is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Uh, clerk, you or chair, sorry. <laughs> chair, you have no public comment. Great. Um, thank you. Public comment is now closed. Where can you please call item number nine? Item number nine is announcements. Okay, so commissioners, now is the time for any announcements for community events. Does anyone have any announcements? Yes. Yes. So in um, your folders, um, there's like another thing that um, we're not going to do today because I, I wanted to be mindful of time. 
but there is like a basic needs like worksheet that just goes more, more to further depth of what like um, basic needs is. I know we had like a conversation at our last youth commission meeting, but you know, um, just wanted to get more information about what basic needs is. Maybe uh, there's some like questions that like gets your brain thinking on basic needs for you. What does basic needs look for other people? So yeah, just take a look over it, you know, maybe uh, not this weekend because you want to relax your brains. Uh, but once you're thinking about the BPP and just further basic needs, just like look at that. And if you have any questions too about like basic needs, you can reach out to staff. But that is my announcement, just to look over that spread or that sheet of paper when you can. Great. Yes. Um, so you all should have received an email from me last night on the timeline for February for January to February on budget. So and you also have a physical copy of it in your folders today. So um, please be keep those deadlines in your mind as um, we move forward these um, this month and next month and. Um, Keep in communication with your, your committees, especially if you're working on a certain policy together. And um, yeah, we need to meet those deadlines and um, please respect those deadlines. Thank you. Great. Any other announcements? Yes. Yes. Um, we have um, finally scheduled our juvenile hall uh, walkthrough. Um, it will be, sorry, let me look at the. Friday of January. Is that the 27th? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is the 27th. January 27th, which is Friday. Um, I believe it will be at 430. I'll send more information uh, via email, um, but I need a direct headcount on who will be there um, just because there is a security screening, a COVID test, um, and just other security measures that I do not know at the top of my head. But if you're interested, uh, yeah, just reply back to that email once I sent it, which will probably be on Monday because there's two scheduled emails for me that y'all are getting this weekend. Tuesday. Yeah, on Tuesday. Monday, Monday at the holiday that you are taking for yourself. I will. You should schedule some email. You can just like, oh, I have the day off so you can focus on. Yeah. Great. Yes. You could just. Okay. So another announcement is. As of March 1st, 2023, uh, the, we, we will be required to begin meeting in person. Um, so it is expected that you will be in person. Um, listed in the mayor's, uh, or the, the city attorney's notice has very, like, very, very limited exceptions to what can be virtual or who can be on virtually. Um, I think the only exception I can really remember is like, if you have a disability and you physically cannot be there, or if you are sick with COVID-19 and you have to, I think you have to provide a positive test result to be able to be exempted from that. So just be just sick normally, they don't care? You should not come sick. Yeah. I mean, you would have to let us know again in, in advance um, if you will not be here, but as of March 1st, that will be the end of both the governor's and the mayor's office um, emergency declaration for COVID. I think it's objectively quite hilarious that it's been four months that went absolutely no meeting in person. Absolutely no not meeting in person. <laughs> really? Are committee meetings going to be in person from March 1st to? Yes. And task force. 
Yes. Yeah, sorry. My email is scheduled. That email is scheduled for 8 a.m. tomorrow. I just want to give you a heads up while you're all in the room, like that it will be required to be in person for every meeting March 1st going on. Except if it's a check in. Yeah. So when it's unofficial official meetings, not yeah. unofficial check ins right so like comms would be not comms like, would be it's a, that's not an official schedule okay. meeting so that's that would be any other announcements well i think staff emailed out for <laughs> whistle messed up for the um central freeway uh, event uh at manny's and like i think they like negotiated like a special like free code for us so it would be great i think it's so valid is it yeah, but it actually sold out, but it's still sold out. Well, we can just tell me, like, what you can do. Yeah, if it's not working, just email me and I will send your name and information to the event organizers. Thank you. For Who's on the channel? Uh, what? Who's on the channel? I don't know. Look at the page. I think it's like. Well, I'm paying helping to organize it, though. Okay. Not her. Not her. So she's. Uh, it's the information for that. It's on the Google Calendar, so it should be everyone's invited to it. Um, but the date is March second at six p.m. at Manny's. Was that lightning? Mr. Lightning? Yes, March 2nd, 6 to 7 to 8. Because I'm going to be in Vancouver. What? Not in the yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh, yes. yes. I can't get it. I Oh, that's ugly. Okay. Eventually, all right. Everyone, take a picture. How are we supposed to act in it? Oh, we are pushing your cup. I can't do one. Like, thank you, okay. Wait, let me see. A lot. I'm doing like the 0.5. The largest commission. I took like 20. Do you want to take a selfie? We need you in that direction. What if we take a picture with that? You should be like, oh, we could just have a I That's so funny. I'll do another one this way. So I'm not going to smile. Okay. Wait, Joey, get over here. Okay. All right, three, two, one. Okay. <laughs> awesome. That is so funny. Yes. Um, are there any other announcements? If not, like, is there any public comment? Oh, yeah. Is there any public comment? There's no public comment. Okay. <laughs> Quick, can you please call item number 10? Item number 10 is adjournment. Thank you. We are adjourned at 4.44 p.m. <laughs>